0: that probably part of the reason why um, this person had said this to me was was a couple of things. One, at that point in time, and it's probably still the case more so in Sydney than in many other parts of um, the Christian world, there were very, very few women in leadership. And so there actually weren't a lot of people to look at (laughs) and to say, well, that's what... Women in leadership looks like now. I'm I'm lucky in that I grew up in a family with three daughters, and my dad told us all that girls could do whatever they wanted to do in life, and and so I I didn't know that girls weren't meant to preach or lead or and I was very lucky that I was in a church where our um, minister. Um, recognised that I had some of those skills and so at 14 he had me preaching in a preaching band. So now people say to me when I preach, oh you're a good preacher, that's because I've been doing it for so long. Um, You know, you should learn a few skills as as you go along. So it really freaked me out, that idea that uh, somebody was looking at me and using me as a role model or someone that they were looking at. And so, but then I actually realized that unconsciously um, through my Christian walk, I'd always tried to identify um, a young woman or young women that I could encourage. I didn't think of it as role modeling or mentoring, I just thought of it as encouraging. Um, Because not everybody has that journey as an easy journey. And so that encouragement is really important. And I guess what I would say from my experience is everybody should be able to identify someone that they are mentoring and someone that is mentoring them in every stage of their Christian journey. And I want to tell you something, I've probably learned more from the people I have mentored (laughs) than the people who I've asked to mentor me, okay? Now, there's a few phrases that get used um, around this whole mentoring conversation that I want to just kind of um, unpack a little bit. So, some people talk about mentoring. What I understand mentoring is about is about a walking the road together, okay? And so you... Whilst it's probably good for you to read books on mentoring and understand some of the basics, it's something anybody can do. So long as you're a person who says, I want to be open to learning what God's doing through another person's life. That's really the only prerequisite for being a mentor, is to to be open to what God might be doing in another person's life. Now some of the other things, so in other words, all of you can be a mentor and you don't have to be freaked out by it. Some of the other things that are kind of associated with mentoring are sometimes people talk about spiritual direction. Now spiritual direction is a very specific set of skills. The other three things I'm going to talk about that can be associated with mentoring. Whilst you don't need any particular skills to be a mentor, you probably do need some skills to do these other three things. And you might want to branch into them. Spiritual direction. Um, There's times in my life where I have had a spiritual director. And that's somebody who grills me deeply on my spiritual life and my spiritual practices and while I am behaving in certain ways and how I see God in my life. And there's a particular set of skills around being a spiritual director. The people who know how to do spiritual direction the best are Catholics. (laughs) Okay? So if you want a good spiritual director, and I'm amazed at how many people in Christian leadership, Protestant, Pentecostal, charismatic, actually have a spiritual director, and they're a Catholic nun or a Catholic. So if you feel as though you're heading into a phase of your life where your spiritual life is going to be tested, get yourself a spiritual director. Um, there's a, an institute of spiritual directors. You can Google them. Um, people are qualified to be spiritual directors. And so that's, that's kind of associated with mentoring. Another thing that's, that can be an offshoot of mentoring is coaching. Now, the difference between mentoring and coaching, and these days, I mostly coach people rather than mentor them. Coaching means that we're actually in a relationship with each other, and it's not, the difference between mentoring and coaching is with mentoring, we're walking the journey together. With coaching, I'm helping you to run the fastest kilometer you've ever run. Okay, in a set of skills. So, it's, it's more intentional, it's more directed, and it's usually focused around somebody wanting to develop a particular set of skills. And coaching, um, one of the things that's usually a prerequisite for coaching is that you know something about the area that the person wants to learn about. <laughs> okay? Because if you don't know how to preach, you're probably not going to be able to coach someone in preaching. If you don't know how to uh, be a leader, you're probably not gonna be able to coach somebody into leadership, okay? So this is, it's probably you wanna be a bit further along the journey before you take up doing coaching, but people will also use the language of coaching. Then another thing that can be associated with mentoring and is counselling. And one of the things I'd say to you is, if you are mentoring someone, you are not their counsellor. Yeah. You are absolutely not their counsellor and do not go there. So if somebody has family system issues, if someone has relationship issues, if someone has abuse issues, don't go there unless you are a counsellor that knows how to address those things. Now, you might accompany the person that you are mentoring in that counselling process. And good counsellors are actually often very happy for somebody to bring a companion with them into a counselling session. You'd need to check that all out because it just kind of depends on the counsellor and what they do. But if the person that you are mentoring, if issues come up, and you kind of go, whoa, this is really getting to therapy counselling, you need to name that and you need to encourage that person to deal with that because you are not the person that you are mentoring as counsellor. Yeah. Okay. So, mentoring. What are we doing and what do we need to know when we are mentoring someone? In very simple terms, I think we're doing, th- we have to understand three things to be a good mentor. One is we have to have an understanding that people are at different stages in their faith. There's a, um, a Catholic theologian called Vincent Donovan and uh, he was a missionary in the Congo for many, many years. went back to the United States, worked as a youth worker in some of the slums of New York, and he has a very profound saying. He says, do not take them to where you are as beautiful as that place may be. Okay? Do not take them to where you are as beautiful as that place may be but together discover where God may be leading you together. And one of the dilemmas of being a mentor is a mentor is not somebody that you copy. Thank God. (laughs) All right? It's not, and sometimes people say to you, will you be my mentor? And what they mean is, I wanna be like you when I grow up. That will not be helpful, guess why? they're not you. So mentoring is actually not about helping them to be like you. In other words, as beautiful as the place that you think you are in is, do not take them there. But together discover the journey that God is taking you on together. Um, So Vincent Donovan had a a great understanding in that. So people are in different stages in their faith. And uh, when I was asked to suggest a, um, a book, um, there, there's a lot of study being done on faith development and any of you who've done psychology, you've probably done Kohlberg's Moral Development, which is a bit aligned to that if you've done psychology or social work. Um, uh, the, the guru of faith development is a guy called James Fowler, but I actually like Brian McLaren's Um, because it's simple, I, I go for simple. He talks about that when people come into the faith journey, they often go through five stages, and they all start with C, all right? So that makes it easy for me to remember. Often, the first place that people come into in faith development is community. That is, they see a bunch of people that they want to be a part of. And most people, these days don't make a rational decision that they're going to give their hearts to Jesus and then find a church most people find a bunch of Christians and say that looks like a group of people I want to be part of and then they join it so that's often the first stage in faith development second is a stage that I don't know if he calls it this or I call it this but anyhow I I can't remember if he used the five C's or I made them up. Um, So uh, around his, but second is compassion, and that is people move into an understanding of the love of God. Uh, They start to understand things like grace. They start to understand things um, like what it means to be fully loved. And they understand what it means to to love other people. So that's stage two. Then we get to stage three. Now, some people don't ever get to stage three, all right? But stage three is complexity. And that is when you start to look at this Christian community and you start to understand this love of God, grace thing, and my gosh, these people don't do it. They fight, they're nasty, um, they, they're not perfect. Um, Christianity, as I'm hearing it explained to me, doesn't make sense of the reality of my world. Maybe it's that something goes wrong in your life. Um, we, we worked in a church in Sydney that had a lot of people who were in the complexity stage and often they would got there because they had a crisis. Um, that had a miscarriage, that had a partner die, They, they'd had a parent die, they lost their jobs, whatever. So sometimes that's the third stage and that's the complexity stage. It's quite different to the previous two stages and if you're mentoring somebody in the complexity stage, the worst thing you can do is come up with answers to their questions. Yeah, that's good.
1: Or panic because they're asking them. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. That if somebody is in the complexity stage, what they actually need to go do is go to the next stage, which is confusion. <laughs> because if you try and take them back to compassion or, um, or community, you're actually not going to help them to go through to the next stage. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's good. Okay. So community, compassion, complexity. Confusion, (laughs) all right. Anyone ever been in complexity and confusion? Yeah, okay, good, all right, that's great. I'm not the only one. (laughs) And then the fifth stage, I call, I think Brian calls it celebration. Because the thing is that the only way that you get to a resolution in this cycle is to go through it. And, uh, and celebration is when you take the wisdom and the encouragement and the tears and the pain that come from going through the complexity and confusion stage and you make sense of them and you recycle your relationship with God. Okay? And then the, the cycle will often start again. <laughs> Once you've done celebration, you'll find a new way of relating to the community. You'll find a deeper sense of God's compassion, and then, wow, something happens, and we get to confusion again, or complexity again, then we get to confusion and we get to celebration. So one of the things you need to understand is both where you are at in your faith cycle and where the person that you are mentoring is at. Yeah, no. Nice. And it probably won't be the same stage. And that's where you need to remember Vincent Donovan's words. As beautiful as the place that you are at is, do not take them there. But instead, go to where God's calling them. Okay, now I know you've already done some small group discussion, but I'm going to get you to do a little bit more. (laughs) All right, just do it with a neighbour because that'll be quicker. What faith stage do you think today, this month, are you out at the moment? Go for it. And it might be a mixture, okay? You can be in several at once, if you're a complex person. It is. stage you're in. But just for us to do a bit of learning together, because depending on which stage the person that you're mentoring is, they're going to have different needs. They're going to have to want to have different conversations, depending on the stage. So let's just do a bit of calling out. If somebody's in the community stage, what are they needing? What are they looking for? Hmm? If somebody's in the community stage, that is, they're just starting to come into the Christian community, look at this faith thing, starting to think about a relationship with God, what do they need in their mentoring journey? They need to feel at home, yes. So they need to be helped to feel comfortable. Probably you don't come on too strong, all right? (laughs) Don't ask them to marry you when you've only had a first date, all right? I often say to churches. So so they need... um, need low barrier things to become a part of, okay? What else? Invitation for connection, yeah. Don't assume that they will know how to get in. You need to be the bridging person that invites them, okay? Anything else? Alrighty, cool. Now, a lot of us who've been in the Christian journey for a while forget what that stage is like. Um, So it's actually important to remember it if you're mentoring people in that stage. Okay, compassion. What do people need in that stage? They often need really practical things to do. Okay, Um, They often need help with really simple things like different ways of praying. Um, How do you actually get around this thing called the Bible? Um, how do I live out my Christian faith? So often in that compassion stage they need really concrete, practical, simple things to do. Okay? Um, and you can find resort if you, if you feel like you... It doesn't matter if you're not an expert on those things. You can get a book and you can work through it together and you'll both learn something. What about complexity? What do people need in the complexity stage? Uh, direction to a certain extent, yes, yes. Someone to, listen. someone to listen without too much judgment, yeah. Often in the complexity stage, you need to have the skill of simply reflecting back to someone what they have said in different language, okay? So, deep listening. Is, is really important in the, in the complexity stage. And, and probably what they don't need is simplistic answers. Because simplistic answers seem trite and they seem like a bit of a put down in the complexity stage. Okay, what about confusion? What do people need when they're in the confusion stage? That could be more direction, yep. Sometimes what they need is hope. So so they actually need you to be prepared to say, oh yeah, I've been there. You do get over it, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. John? Yeah, that's exactly what I was gonna say. Someone to be like, don't worry babe, I've been exactly there. I know that it seems like it's not gonna pass, but don't worry, it will. Yeah, yeah. And I'm here with you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, this is the stage not for you as the mentor to take fright and run away. Yeah. Okay? And what about the celebration stage? Rejoice with those who rejoice. You know, sometimes we are not... Uh, traditional cultures have ways of celebrating life thresholds. You know, so, um, I can say this even though Matt's in the room, you know, when girls started menstruating, there would be a ritual that all the women celebrated. Okay? But, but we've kind of, I don't know why they celebrated, you know, um, but anyhow. <laughs> the best thing I had was cancer, which meant all that got removed nearly 15 years ago, best thing that ever happened to me. But, you know, um, <laughs> we hardly talk about it now. Um, so, so we need those life stages, so we need to mark the celebration when it needs to happen. Sometimes it might be a gift, sometimes it might be an event. You know, I have a, um, a friend who works in, in, um, in sales and every time they make a sale, they have a competition to come up with the best possible cake that they give to the company that they've done the sale with. And we talk about multi-million, multi-multi-million dollar sales. But some of these cakes are absolutely extraordinary. So, you know, when somebody comes through this, you can actually tell. And what's the celebration that you will do? Is it popping a bottle of champagne? Is it eating a block of chocolate? It doesn't have to be extravagant, although chocolate's always extravagant. (laughs) Um, But make sure you mark the celebration and you help the person to name it. You know, you've come through to this next stage. Okay, I'm gonna give five minutes for questions in just a minute, but I just wanna give one more thing on mentoring. So remember, you are not their counsellor, you are not their spiritual director, you are not their coach, you are their companion. And you are on a journey together. You need to understand your faith position that you're in, you need to help them to understand their faith position that they are in and not panic when they're in the complexity or confusion stage, alright? The, the third thing that you need to understand is that a lot of mentoring is helping people live to their strengths. And that means that part of what you are helping people to do when you're mentoring is to know what their strengths and gifts are and know how they can bring them out. Now, we in the church are pretty good on sin and all of that sort of stuff, and so we're pretty good, and I think particularly women are better at this than men, at identifying our weaknesses. And often I've found in a mentoring relationship, people will say to me, well, I'm not very good at this, can you help me with this? you're actually much better to focus on what that person's strengths are. Because two things happen. One, when you focus on a person's strengths, their weaknesses go away. Because they start, stop obsessing about it. Okay, And when you help a person live out their strengths in balance, you will help to deal with their weaknesses because often a weakness is a strength in excess. Think about perfectionism. You know, doing things well is good. Being a perfectionist can destroy us. (coughs) Okay, perfectionism is doing things well in excess. idea in your head that often what a person's weaknesses are, are their strengths in excess. Now, I have a fairly large capacity for work, um, but it can turn up in excess and I become a driven workaholic. That is my strength in excess. Okay, so help people to focus on their strengths but to get them into balance. Okay, have we got three minutes, Matt? We've got three minutes. Why don't you talk to the person next to you that you are talking to before? Um, what, what out of all we've talked about, and you talked with each other before I got here late. Um, so what out of you talked to each other about do you, do you think it's important for you to remember in your mentoring relationships? And then if you've got a question, we'll have a couple of minutes to do a couple of those. Go for it.